0: What's up y'all welcome back to the shoot your shot sports podcast on today's episode We're going to be talking about the first round major league baseball playoff games that have already gone down The upcoming weekend in college and nfl football including our picks for love it or fade it as well as the nba finals Episode 19 coming at you right now Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again. It is a beautiful day in the sports world. We had day baseball going on all the way through the night with the first round of the major league baseball playoffs. And I think we're both really jacked up because the NBA finals game one is tonight. Cannot wait. P how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Our Atlanta Braves won game one in an absolute thriller earlier today. More on that in a little bit. But yeah, super excited for this historic Lakers versus Heat finals tonight. I'm excited, man. Good time to be a sports fan. What a time to be alive.
0: It's going to be dope.
1: I mean, I was going to go ahead and
0: talk about the Braves because I thought about you and all the crap you give me for watching soccer with the fact that it lasts for an hour and 45 minutes with no scoring, whereas the Braves went 13 innings today before any runs happened, which was like, whatever, four and a half hours or something like that. So yeah, it was pretty brutal as far as scoring is concerned, but still awesome game, jacked up that the Braves one, chop on.
1: Yeah. So you're, you're giving me a little bit of crap, I guess, because this Braves versus Reds game one was like watching paint dry for four and a half hours and comparing it to soccer and I have said that soccer should make the net twice as big so we can have some 11 to 9 games and make this more exciting and I get your point about baseball being boring but to be fair I have also said that baseball should allow steroids and not only am that. I a pro steroid guy I also think that they should make the fences about 20 to 30 feet shorter so <laughs> just back give me baseball a baseball bombs uh, yeah that'd be sick
0: yeah soccer I'm not sure that would work maybe get rid of the offsides and actually get back on defense and stop being lazy. We've talked about that before. I don't really know what the solution is, but either way, pump the Braves one. Let's get it.
1: Let's get it. I mean, Max Freed went out there and dominated today. Pitcher's duel with him versus Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer was just absolutely mowing the Braves down through seven and two-thirds innings. Did you see that he did the McGregor strut back to the dugout a couple times, Then he also did the Braves chop walking back to the oh, dugout? I didn't see the chop. So he was trolling hard, and he, I have stated before I don't really like the guy. Um, he's he's kind of won me over this year with a couple things he's done. I know we talked about how he's kind of funny with his whole drone thing, injuring yes. his finger. Anyway, but... Yeah, I'm just glad the Braves won after he tried to douche him up like that.
0: I think I saw a stat that he was the first pitcher in Major League Baseball playoff history to go at least seven innings, or maybe it was seven and two-thirds innings, with at least 12 strikeouts and no walks. I mean, he had a nasty, nasty game, and I think the very beginning of these playoffs, yesterday and today, I think I've been reminded that playoff pitching is a big deal. Pitchers are what win these games, and there's been some awesome pitching performances already.
1: There have, and none bigger than Max Freed. I mean, getting that big win in game one is huge for them. Had a walk-off single in the bottom of the 13th from NL MVP candidate Freddie Freeman. So happy for Fred leading the Braves' charge.
0: Yeah, for the listeners out there who are big baseball fans, you've probably heard this before, but I think with the current circumstances, it bears mentioning. They always talk about in the broadcast how Max Freed Lucas Giolito and Jack Flaherty were high school teammates, which was already absurd a couple years ago when all three of them were major league pitchers. But with the way that Max Fried pitched today, the way that Lucas Giolito pitched yesterday for the White Sox in game one, taking a perfect game into, into the seventh inning. And then Jack Flaherty being the ace for the St. Louis Cardinals not only having three major league baseball pitchers on a high school team, but three major league baseball aces on a team is just completely absurd.
1: That is completely absurd. I can't believe that happened. Good for those guys, especially our boy Max Fried. But anyway, moving on to the next series I want to talk about, Astros versus Twins. The Astros swept this series two to nothing. I mean, the Twins had the fourth best record in baseball this year at 36 and 24. They go down to the villain Astros. What'd you think of this? It kind of
0: sucks, and it's kind of cool. I mentioned this to you earlier today is that I want the Astros to lose. But at the same time, it is kind of fun to have a villain around for a little bit longer to root against. And also, the further they make it into the playoffs and then lose, the more devastating it will be. And therefore, it will be even more fun to watch the Astros downfall.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And the Astros, I mean, they are embracing the supervillain role. I don't know if you saw, but Carlos Correa in his postgame interview was like, a lot of people are mad at us. They don't want us to win. They hate to see us here. But what are they going to say now? And people are like, I mean, they're going to say the same things. thing. Yeah, like, they all the still hate 20- Twins you.
0: in the first round. No one cares. Yeah. Just do, do something better before you before you try to
1: douche us up. Yeah, exactly. And so the Astros being the supervillains and sweeping their way through the first round in a pretty big upset considering they went 29 and 31 in the regular season. And that's, that's one storyline here. The other big storyline from the series is the Minnesota Twins. I was not aware of this until today, but the Twins as a franchise dating back to 2004 have lost 18 consecutive playoff games. I didn't even know that was possible.
0: I wanna know what the last regular season losing streak of 18 games in a row is in baseball. I I can't imagine it's been in the last 50 years. That's almost impossible to do. Everybody in baseball in a normal 162 game season, even the worst teams win 50 out of 162 games, like 50 and 112 or whatever that is. To lose 18 in a row is unfathomable, especially when you consider the fact that in order to make it to the playoffs, you have to be a good team. So to then lose 18 in a row, I can't even understand how that is possible.
1: Yeah, it's Nuts. I mean the odds on that are just almost zero like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't get how you can possibly do that it's pretty sad especially because I mean I like a lot of guys on that team especially our boy who makes it rain Josh Donaldson but and my boy Nelly Cruz but mm-hmm. they're going home sucks for them yeah, that sucks. It's just about as bad as
0: my 31-year dating streak that's been, <laughs> <laughs> been happening to, my, to me for uh, quite some time now. It's, sorry, sorry, twins. You're on, you and I are in the same playing field.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people go through bad streaks in life, but hey, at least yours is like a little bit by choice. You're being patient. The twins are just losers.
0: Yeah, they're, they're trying harder than I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: All right, so next series, big storyline here, at least for me, the makeshift Marlins upset in game one against the Cubs. They're up 1-0. What you think? Yeah, it's kind of funny as division rivals, I guess
0: you could call them rivals, I can tend to root against the Marlins as a Braves fan, but now that they're in it and they're not playing against the Braves, I want the Marlins to kill it. I think the Marlins are sick. The further they go, the happier I get. It's just, it's a great storyline.
1: Oh, it's awesome and we talked about how we really didn't want the Braves to get matched up with the Reds like we would have loved to play the Marlins, but now I'm not sure. Like, There's going to be a little bit of embarrassment uh, to losing to them them, even though they were decent all year,
0: for sure. And it wouldn't it be just so 2020 for the Marlins to make a run in the playoffs? I feel like some of this is is destiny. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing, but they're just from the beginning of the year. It's been something about the Marlins just seems to fit as far as them doing well, and it's happening
1: right now. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, they were down 1-0 going into the seventh. Corey Dickerson had a huge three-run dinger that sealed the win for him. Ended up stealing it 5-1. So I think you Darvish is on the bump for the car or for the Cubs tomorrow. So that could help them even the series up and go to game three but we'll see yeah as long as not playing the braves all the way marlins come on makeshift marlins all right next series we've got one of my favorites is white Sox versus a's and this is the only series so far that is 1-1 and is going to a do or die game three i personally really like both of these teams we are well documented saying we like both of these teams young white Sox lineup oakland a's got the oakland mats even though only one of them is playing what do you think on this one
0: Yeah. In game three of a three game series in baseball, anything could happen. Just like we talk about anything could happen in game seven of an NBA series. So I'm not really sure how game three is going to go down. I think the White Sox probably have a better chance at making a deep run just because their full team is available. Losing Matt Chapman was devastating in the long run for the A's. I think they could win this series, but I don't think they they can go deep. And for that reason, I'm hoping the White Sox can pull it out, especially because I think gaining some experience later on in the playoffs for all these young guys that they have could really pay dividends down the road because I think the White Sox are going to be making noise for quite some time. So kind of rooting for the White Sox, I guess, a little bit, but definitely my favorite first-round series to watch. Excited to already have a Game 3
1: yeah so watch out for game three i believe that's on thursday so that'll be a big one and again i really like both of these teams hate that one of them has to go home whoever ends up winning this series i'm going to be pulling for them the rest of the way because i certainly don't want the evil empire yankees or the super villain astros to come out of the american league so go white Sox or a's whoever wins that game three yeah
0: how um, about those yankees though yesterday in game one putting up 12 runs which is kind of an outlier amongst all the first first games in all these series most of the games are very low scoring really good pitching and the Yankees just absolutely went bomb squad, putting up 12. What'd you see there?
1: Well, I saw my boy let me down a little bit. You know, my preseason yes. American league Cy Young pick Shane Bieber. I love the guy. He's an absolute stud. He's going to be for the next decade. He came out kind of got shelled by the evil empire Yank. So I hated to see that. I'm hoping that they can come back and win this game and, uh, or win the series in three games. What do you up
0: seven earned? I think
1: something like that. I don't know. It it was at least like five through five and then they pulled him. It It was was not a great performance.
0: Yeah. He pulled a Clayton Kershaw, just flipped a complete switch dominant in the regular season. I think he's probably going to win the AL Cy Young unanimously, right? I don't think there's anyone that's even really close to him. Is there?
1: I don't think so. He was pretty incredible. He's going to win Cy Young and then he he might win MVP as well.
0: Yeah. I think he's going to finish top five MVP. I doubt that he wins it, but he had an incredible year. Unfortunate for him. It would be a really rough kind of memory to look back upon the season for him winning the Cy Young and then going down in one playoff start like that. So hopefully they make it to a game three. But Yankees lineup looked really, really good in game one. They looked exactly how we anticipated them looking this whole season. They're finally healthy as the playoffs come into picture. I don't hate my preseason pick of the Yankees winning the World Series. They very well could do it, especially once they got Garrett Cole on the hill
1: tough team they are a tough team and Aaron Judge is back he hit a bomb this game he's you know fully up and running your boy Giancarlo see the thing about this is this could work out to their advantage because the season is moving by so quickly that Giancarlo might not have enough time to get hurt again
0: he always has time to get
1: (laughs) that's not a thing okay yeah you say that and then he ends up taking a fastball to the teeth and then he's out for like four years exactly anyway so the yankees are up 1-0 against the indians game two is tonight the other game that is tonight is a series starting which is the dodgers versus brewers we mentioned clayton kershaw and how we have some secondhand nervousness for him but he actually isn't starting till game two it's going to be walker bueller tonight what do you think about this series well, I think it's cool that Walker Buehler
0: starting, especially because he's the heir apparent to Clayton Kershaw, who is definitely in the latter half of his career. And Walker Buehler has already shown to be an awesome playoff pitcher. Unlike Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler has proved himself, particularly in last year's playoffs. He's just a beast in clutch situation. So I completely understand where the Dodgers are coming from. I'm going to be interested to see what the Brewers do as far as pitching is concerned. They're starting Brent Suter, but they have a really good bullpen. And I wonder how early they go to it and how how many innings Josh Hader ends up going towards the end. I think they're going to do whatever they can to piece together a win in game one, because in a series this short, game one is huge. So it's going to be kind of an interesting chess match to see amongst the managers.
1: Yeah, absolutely huge game one, especially when you're going up against Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw in the first two games. You mentioned Walker Buehler as a really good established playoff pitcher, which is kind of funny. I, I guess I wasn't really aware of his performance last year. When I think of Walker Buehler in the playoffs, what comes to mind is that Ronald Acuna grand slam he hit off mm-hmm. of him. what yeah. oh, was that two years ago? Yep. But anyway, yeah, facing the Dodgers <laughs> in this series is a pretty daunting task for the Brewers, especially when you're trotting out a starting pitcher by the name of Brent suitor yes. so <laughs> good luck to the brew crew i i think they're gonna get swept here
0: and everybody always talks about the one-two punch of walker bueller and clayton kershaw i don't think you can sleep on their number three guy dustin may the flying tomato sean white jr that guy throws g- ginger guard yeah <laughs> ginger guard yeah he throws gas he throws he has nasty stuff he's a really really good number three i'm not really sure if you're the brewers how you go about
1: winning this series it's just it's gonna be it's gonna take a miracle for them to win yeah I think they're just gonna need Christian Yellich to really turn it on and hit like nine bombs which he could do do you know what Christian Yelich batted this season like 250 205 205 yikes I have dyslexia
0: Yes, you do. Close enough. You're, you're, you got the numbers right. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I did my best. So the only other series that I believe we have not mentioned yet is your Tampa Bay Rays. The Money Ball, smartest guy in the room Rays have swept the Blue Jays. So the homeless BJs are, I guess, returning to uh, <laughs> Toronto. Yes, they are. I
0: I just love the Rays. I can't say it enough. It's just a different guy every night for them. And they as well have a really good top of the rotation. Blake Snell pitched Dime yesterday. Uh, just the Rays overall, I just think that they have what it takes to get it done. They're a great all-around team. Just a bunch of stud ball players on there. Not a lot of big names. Really
1: low payroll, but they get it done. They do get it done. So the Rays are moving on to the next round. We've got a couple more games tonight. So MLB playoffs in full swing. Landa, you ready to move on to some NFL talk? Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's start with the Monday night game, which we were calling the game of the century. Uh, there were a couple things I want to address here. One is that I said that whoever won this game on Tuesday morning, there was going to be some sixteen to zero no talk, and I'm so disappointed. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't
0: want to put you on blast.
1: No, I didn't I'll, see any. I I deserve it. I have to. You know, I, I'm I'm a guy who I'm gonna pat myself on the back sometimes when I'm right about stuff. But if I'm gonna do that, like I have to call myself out. I guess I was just wrong on this one. You were, and it was it was ugly uh the game was not pretty at all
0: lamar jackson threw for 97 yards on 15 for 28 passing with a 73.1 passer rating it was just all around complete dominance from the kansas city chiefs
1: anything to stand out to you well i didn't think the game made sense at the time but then like a couple days later patrick mahomes announced that he and his girlfriend are pregnant with their first child so like If Patty Mahomes is going out there playing for his unborn baby, like he's obviously going to torch you for 360 yards and four tutties, right?
0: Yeah, fair enough. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is not pacing himself very well. I feel like he's cramming every awesome major life event into one year. He's just winning the Super Bowl, signing a half billion dollar contract, getting engaged, married and having a baby all at the same time how i don't know like what's he gonna do for the next 60 years
1: exactly (laughs) that's funny you (laughs) mentioned that i I saw a tweet this week about mahomes someone like quote tweeted the pregnancy announcement and just said patrick mahomes has been living in 2021 all year yes yes it's so true like he he personally like he's aware of what's going on in the world but he himself canceled 2020 like he is not living in the same universe we are he's immune Yes, he's, he's very immune. He got the 2020 <laughs> vaccination well in advance. Yes, and it gave him a laser rocket arm. But it, back to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson real quick. I mean, what a disappointing game for them. They had the opportunity to prove that they're the best team in the NFL at home against this good Chiefs team, obviously the defending Super Bowl champions. And Lamar Jackson, like, I hate to... I'm not going to call myself a hater of him because I like the guy. I think he's really cool, but I have said in the past, like let's let him win a playoff game before we put him in the hall of fame. He's a 51% passer in the playoffs with an 0-2 record and in this game he came out and completed 53% of his passes like you said for 97 yards his leading receiver was rookie backup running back J.K. Dobbins with four catches for 38 yards like their passing game just has to vastly improve before they get to the playoffs and face some of these teams that they've got to keep up with so I don't know I'm a little bit concerned about him for sure he definitely did not positively answer
0: any of the questions that people have about him as a playoff quarterback, but at the same time, I don't want to overreact to a regular season week three game in the NFL. Why not? <laughs> I know, overreaction. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't look good, but this happens sometimes. Everybody except Patrick Mahomes occasionally has a bad day. And so this was a bad day for him. I did want to point out a couple things on the chief side. One is that we've been looking for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get more into the passing game. And in this game, he really did. He had five catches for 70 yards, which just makes them way, way more dangerous. And the number two saw something really interesting. Eric Fisher, their starting left tackle, had a tackle-eligible touchdown reception. He was the first overall pick in the draft, and I believe it was 2013. And prior to Monday night, the last number one overall pick to receive a touchdown, to catch a touchdown pass... Was Keyshawn Johnson in 2006. So 14 years between number one overall picks catching a touchdown.
1: I'm trying to interpret what exactly that means. Does that just mean that wide receivers don't go number one overall? Yeah. So for the past like
0: 20 years, whatever, every number one overall pick has been a quarterback, a left tackle, or a pass rusher. So it's just nobody that catches passes. I actually would have thought that one of those, whatever, 10 quarterbacks that have gone number one overall would have caught a touchdown pass at some point in time on a trick play but it hasn't happened so eric fisher's the guy
1: eric fisher's the guy i guess and yeah i would have thought maybe there was like a running back that went number one overall and caught a touchdown pass too but i guess running backs don't go number one they don't i think the last running back to go number one overall was like Kijana carter in the late 90s Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are some like Zeke and Saquon Barkley, I guess, went number two overall. Leonard Fournette was in the top five. But yeah, they just don't really go number one. That's interesting. Yeah, very cool stat. Good for Eric Fisher. The people love when the fatties score touchdowns. When you get a fat guy catching a one for six, people love that.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's two surprising things about that. One is that I don't feel like people remember Eric Fisher as the number one overall pick. I think people know that he's a good player and remember his name, but number one overall I don't think he stands out amongst the other number one overall players. And then secondly, I guess it was because it was when we were still kids. But the fact that Keyshawn
1: was number one overall, being reminded of that, is kind of funny too. That is funny that Keyshawn was number one. I, I wouldn't have known that, but yeah, Eric Fisher definitely goes overlooked as a former number one overall pick. I did see something about him earlier this week that people kind of gave the Chiefs a little bit of grief for that and kind of made fun of him a little bit for being one of the lesser talented number one picks of, in recent memory. But they're also pointing out that he is an eight-year starter on a Super Bowl team and a one-time Pro Bowler. I mean, it's not like he's bad. Yeah. That's,
0: that's not a bad career. You'll take that all day.
1: You'll take that all day. But let's not spend too much time on Eric Fisher, the offensive <laughs> tackle for the Chiefs. Let's move on to our Love It or Fade It segment. You ready, Lando? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. So if you haven't been with us before, Love It or Fade It is our NFL sports betting competition. Uh, follow us on Instagram, shoot.your.shot.sports. We'll talk about the three games that the public is heaviest on, and we'll talk about whether we love the pick or want to fade it. So get in on the action on Instagram, whoever has the most wins at the end of the season will win a $100 StubHub gift card. But before we get into these three games, Lando, I want to tell the people that this edition of Love It or Fade It is brought to you by the Vigit app. That's V-I-G-I-T. It's a social network for sports fans and sports bettors like us. It's free to play. You basically go on there and you'll bet coins. And once you accumulate enough coins, you can redeem them for prizes. Like Lando, I got on there two weeks ago. They start you off with a thousand coins. I got hot won like six of my first seven bets. And after I won on game six of the Tampa Bay Lightning, closing out the Stanley Cup against the Stars, unfortunately, I had enough coins that I redeemed it for a $100 Amazon gift card.
0: Yeah, it's pretty hype. It's a pretty cool app to hop on there, you know, kind of get in there with some other sports bettors, talk and some information. Don't forget that when you register, use the promo code SYS20. That's SYS20 and just get after it.
1: Yeah. And they also have a really cool feature where you can, instead of betting against the house, you can bet against your friend. So if you're like sitting there having a disagreement with someone like we often do Mm -hmm. on a game, you can just go on there and bet some coins on Vigit. Uh, So it's really cool app. Get on there. Code SYS20.
0: And the best part about betting against a friend or just another person rather than against the house is you don't have the whole minus 110 deal. So your odds are actually 50-50, which is a huge
1: deal. So yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to pay off in the long run. Hop on the Vigid app. Vigid app. Promo code SYS20. All right, Lando, you ready for game number one for Love It or Fade It? Yes, sir. Let's go. So we've got the Baltimore Ravens coming off that loss against the Chiefs. The Ravens are minus 13 against the Washington football team. This game is in Washington, but the public is 83% on the Ravens uh, minus 13. what you think?
0: So in general, I feel like it's a really good idea in the NFL to bet on home underdogs. So just being at home and having the points in your favor tends to be a good idea, especially when it's 13 and a half points. I know the Ravens are awesome. I still believe in the Ravens. I know they're going to be coming back, back for revenge after getting smoked on Monday night by the chiefs, but I'm going with the underdog Washington football team. I'm going to fade it.
1: Wow. Okay. So you mentioned that you love a good home underdog. Well, I love a good road overdog. So I'm going to go the opposite (laughs) way on this one. I'm going with Ravens minus 13. I love it. The Ravens are coming off, like we said, a pretty sobering loss against the Chiefs. I think they're going to come out motivated and just beat a vastly inferior team on both sides of the ball. Lamar is going to light it up. I'm going with the Ravens 52 to 12. You're going to regret that. Let's bet on it. Big it up. Big it up. Let's move on to game number two. All right. You, you um, are on the Washington football team. I'm on the Ravens in that one. The next one is Seahawks minus six and a half at the Miami Dolphins. The public is 79% on the Seahawks minus six and a half. Who you got? So I feel like the Seahawks
0: are amazing, but I also feel like the Seahawks are not going to go 16 and 0. And even though they're, they're probably going to win this game, I just feel same thing as I said before with the Washington football team. I'm feeling good about the underdog Dolphins. I'm going to fade this one as well. Come on, Dolphins.
1: All right. We're on the same page here. I am fading this one as well. I do like the Seahawks to win it, but I just think this is going to be a shootout. I mean, the Seahawks look great offensively, but they did have Chris Carson go down with that knee sprain. I think he's going to be out a week or two. And then on the other side of the ball, they had Jamal Adams and linebacker Jordan Brooks get banged up a little bit. So their defense is hurting and it isn't great to begin with. I mean, to steal a line from the great Mina Kimes last week, she said that the Seahawks' pass. gets as much pressure as a motel showerhead and (laughs) so with uh with ryan's ryan fitzpatrick having time to sit back there and throw to devante parker preston williams his receivers i just i think this is going to be a shootout between mr unlimited and fitzpatrick i've got the seahawks winning 38 to 34 so that's a cover for the fins yep it's going to be a fitzmagical weekend (laughs) yes it is all right so game number three of love it or fade it rams minus nine versus the new york giants this game is in the meadowlands. So the Rams are on the road, but the public loves them at 79% Rams minus nine. What do you think? So after my first two fade
0: picks and the fact that in anticipation of the wedding that I'm officiating this weekend, yesterday, I went to the barbershop and got the Uptown fade. I feel like a fade is just my theme for the week. So without any other kind of breakdown of this game, I'm just going to fade it. Let's go giants.
1: Wow. Okay. Fade looks great, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I Happy for that. you. Thank yeah. You. you look wedding officiant ready
0: yeah i just need clothes and
1: shoes <laughs> yeah i mean whatever you'll you'll figure that come out come on amazon need early <laughs> delivery here there you go all right well i'm gonna love this one because the the giants are bad they're so bad we saw last week with them playing at home against a completely depleted 49ers team that they are just bad and they might be tanking at this point i mean the team just completely lacks identity offensively now that saquon barkley is out for the year with a torn acl the rams they're gonna going to come out motivated after losing to the bills because they need to keep pace in a very competitive afc west so i'm going with the rams in this one i think they cover and win this game 31 to 13 all
0: right so i'm fading two games that you have massive blowouts picked for
1: oh yeah 52 to 12 ravens and 31 13 rams big parlay let's do it alright <laughs> right, so that's enough for the NFL for this weekend let's move on to some college football A couple of big games this weekend we've got the number two Alabama Crimson Tide taking on number 13 Texas A&M in Tuscaloosa Alabama is an 18 point favorite at home which is it's so Bama to just be like these this massive favorite against top 15 teams Lando what do you think of this game
0: yeah, so on one side, you got AM who has a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback in Kellen Mond. He's been around for a while. He's one of those guys that I feel like has just been around for so long. He's a good player, but they are coming off kind of a stinker, even though it was a win in week one, beating Vandy 17 to 12, so not a great look there. And then for Bama, you had made a joke about it a couple episodes ago, how despite how they lose a ton of talent every year, all of a sudden they have, I think you said, eight first round picks emerge in the next year's draft. And it was funny because last week, I just pulled up a mock draft. I forget which website it was on. And there were seven Bama guys in the first round. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then just watching them eye test last week, Jalen Waddell, he's known as a slot guy, quick guy, return man, but he's also a really, really good receiver who can go up in the air and fight for the ball. He's insane. Devontae Smith out there. They just have talent everywhere. And then one guy to pay attention to this weekend who's starting to get a lot of hype is true freshman linebacker Will Anderson next Dylan Moses? That guy is going to be kind of the next in a long line of absolute monster studs at the linebacker position for Bama. Going to keep an eye on him. I think Bama's going to roll on this one.
1: Yeah, I think the Tide are going to roll too. Dylan Moses, you mentioned him. He's their star player, linebacker, who missed all of last season with an ACL injury. Despite that, a lot of people thought that he might still enter the draft and be maybe a top 10, top 15 pick, if not better. So him coming back was huge for the Alabama defense, just being an anchor for them. So we will see if seventh year seniors Kellen Mond at quarterback for Texas A&M can give the Tide defense any trouble. Yes, sir. And then let's move on to the
0: other game: our Georgia Bulldogs at home against the Auburn Tiger
1: War Eagles. What you see in there? Well, I see that number four Georgia versus number seven Auburn, you know, with the dogs being at home should be a favorite, right? But minus six and a half kind of felt like a lot to me with some uncertainty at the quarterback position. I mean, I don't know if Georgia's even going to announce before the game who's starting. I think it's going to be Stetson Bennett just for a little bit of familiarity with the offense and the way he played last week in that opener against Arkansas. But I don't know. I just I think this is kind of a toss up. I think it's going to be a low scoring slugfest. I had the same initial thought as you when I saw the spread. I thought it was way higher than I
0: expected it to be, given how bad Georgia's offense looked last week. I think this might come down to a defense slash kicker battle towards the end. I think it's going to be a three-point game or less.
1: I'm with you. I've got the dogs, 23 to 20.
0: Let's go. I'm going to be feeling really good at that point in time because I'm going to be stress-free. Wedding's going to be over. Just going to get to enjoy the dogs,
1: hopefully beat Auburn for the 13th time in the last 16 games. There you go. I'm going to be feeling good, too, because I'm going to be hammered drunk at Mac's house. All right. So
0: (laughs) actually, I want to bring up one more thing in college football before we move on. So this weekend, we do have one other game that might not initially sound like a big deal, but it is for one particular reason, and that is North Dakota State facing central Arkansas. It is North Dakota state's only game this season. They're playing a one game kind of for exhibition purposes. And they have Trey Lance, their starting quarterback, who is considered to be a first round potential guy. I think there's a high range that he could fit in. He could be like a top five guy, or he could Fall out of the first round. I don't really know. It's going to depend on this game and the pre-draft process, including individual workouts and the combine. But kind
1: of interested to see what Trey Lance does this weekend. Trey Lance is kind of blown up as a big name for the twenty twenty one NFL Draft and North Dakota State. I mean, I guess they're just some kind of breeding grounds for NFL quarterbacks. Carson Wentz came out of there a few years ago, and then Trey Lance is emerging. Last year, he had twenty eight touchdown passes with zero interceptions, while also running for eleven hundred yards. I don't care if you're a grown man playing against middle schoolers those are impressive numbers yeah
0: that's sick and then not to mention it's not even just him they're starting left tackle is a projected first round pick this year as well so like two studs out there that scouts are going to keep their eyes on kind of a fun little side game to watch during
1: commercials of bama yeah there you go so look out for trey lance and then uh, that that'll be a wrap for college football you want to talk some nba finals Oh my gosh, I just cannot contain
0: my excitement. I'm not going to get any sleep on these nights for the next two weeks, but whatever, because this is going to be
1: my favorite NBA finals in at least a few years. What are you thinking about it? you mentioned uh, my first thought is these games start at nine o'clock Eastern and that's just such a bummer it and that's sucks. why Central time is elite yes. like when we go to Dallas for the holidays being on Central time and just having that extra hour is huge but anyway NBA Finals LeBron's Lakers versus Jimmy buckets in the heat kicks off at nine o'clock Eastern tonight this is going to be an incredible series to clarify the odds going in because we talked about it last episode kind of approximately but Lakers are minus 330 the heat are plus 265 So I think that feels a little bit steep, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It opened a lot
0: bigger than that. So it makes sense that it's come down some. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think the same thing I said last time with those odds. I think I'd like the Lakers straight up, but I think if I had to pick between the two with the odds, I think I'd go
1: heat yeah I, I don't disagree with you there and i was reading an espn article earlier today that just kind of gave an nba finals preview and some predictions as well and among 25 writers and analysts for espn 17 picked the lakers and eight picked the heat okay so, sounds about right yeah so if i may put you on the spot who's winning the series and in how many games how do you see it going
0: Oh, man, that's really interesting. I think that we're going to know, this is an obvious statement, but I think we're going to know a lot more about what it's going to look like after tonight. You don't say. (laughs) Yeah, stupid. (laughs) But aside from that, I think I'm going to go Lakers in six because of something we've said before, the fact that they have the two best players is a big deal. LeBron and AD are definitely better than anybody else in the series, although I think that if you had to kind of rank all 30 players in both rosters, the Heat might have numbers three through whatever right like a while after the top two so i don't think it's quite as one-sided as people think but anyways i'm gonna go lakers and six i think they're gonna get enough help from that supporting cast to kind of overcome the depth of the heat i think they're gonna pull it out
1: yeah, I, I'm really interested to see this just because I don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Both teams, like you said, I mean, in given night for the Lakers, their best player is going to be LeBron or uh, AD for the Heat. It could be one of like four or five guys. So it's going to be a determining factor if guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, even like Jay Crowder can step up, mm-hmm. hit some threes and make a difference for the Heat. I think the point guard matchup of Rajan Rondo and Goran Dragic is going to be kind of a big deal down the stretch. So I'm actually going to go in the other direction on this i would absolutely hate to see lebron get this far and lose another finals but i don't know i I like the cinderella story for this heat team i like jimmy butler and his whole deal i'm going with the heat in seven games
0: yeah in a way it's a win-win because you know i'm a lebron guy and i would love to see him win his fourth championship but at the same time it's hard not to like this heat team so it's going to be fun either way i'm really really interested tonight especially In Game 1, because we have no idea what it's going to look like, what the X's and O's are for both coaches, I can't wait to see who Bam Adebayo starts on the game as far as who he's defending, whether it's going to be Anthony Davis, because that's clearly the best guy that they have to guard Anthony Davis. But you don't want to get him into foul trouble. And secondly, the fact that the Lakers love the LeBron and Dwight Howard and the LeBron and JaVale McGee pick and rolls. So if you start off BAM Autobike on Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, then you don't have to worry about the foul trouble as much and you get the switch onto LeBron. So that's kind of a big deal. On the other side of the ball, I'm just curious to see what the Lakers do, especially like how they're going to have JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard on screens and off ball screens chase around guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero like that's a really tough ask for a big guy so it gives them an advantage on the offensive glass especially when the heater playing that zone defense but at the same time trying to chase those shooters around is really tough there's just going to be a lot of little individual things between two really good coaches to pay attention to
1: the X's and O's are going to be very intriguing I mean it's going to be a six or seven game long chess match between Eric Spolster for the heat and Frank Vogel for the Lakers so it's going to be one of those series in my opinion where there's going to be some experimenting going on and the rotations and the starting lineups are going to evolve as the series moves on so really excited for this lake lando has got the lakers winning in six i've got the heat winning in seven games so gonna be a great historic bubble nba finals it's gonna be awesome a lot
0: more nba finals talk to come in the next couple weeks and then we'll get to go to bed again
1: yeah let's do it but that'll be it for today's episode the thing i want to close on is the atlanta braves versus the cincinnati reds game two on thursday at noon luis castillo versus ian anderson and the young studs first ever playoff start lando hopefully ian can look just as good as max freed did today and bring it home for the braves let's go bravos come on
0: braves chop on thank you all so much for listening have a good day talk to you soon